Closing. It's one of the cringiest sales terms on the planet for both salespeople and for customers. But no matter how cringy it is, it remains a sales staple. I mean, if you don't close, you don't win customers. But what if that's not actually true? What if closing is stopping you from winning customers? Join us for this episode of Sales Fiction, where I explain why you should never be closing and what you can do instead to win more customers. Welcome to Sales Fiction, a podcast that helps small sales teams get big results. I'm your host, Christy Lawrence, the founder of Mighty Sales and a longtime sales professional who traded in my corporate sales career to help small but mighty teams do more with less. Each week on this podcast, we separate sales fact from sales fiction so that you can hyper-focus your effort on the skills, strategies, and tools that will have the biggest impact on your bottom line. Let's dive right in. ABC, always be closing. We've all heard it. Beyond ABC, closing is a constant companion in sales speak. How do you close more deals? You need to work on the close. Can you help my team get better at closing? This is just a handful of the questions I hear on a regular basis. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like this is one of the worst things to ever happen to sales, this whole idea of closing. First and foremost, and this isn't just semantics, you should never be closing. Closings are about endings. Sales are about opening. Opening conversations, opening relationships, opening new deals. Relationships are meant to be ongoing not to be closed. When you close a sale, you infer the relationship is coming to an end. And even in the most transactional businesses where you make a one-time sale, you're still opening a relationship that shouldn't be closed. Let's say you're selling something like a desk view, a fancy shelf that has suction cups that stick to a window so you can create on a desk, a desk, so you can create a desk on the go with a view. It's a one-time sale. People probably buy one and that's it. There's no need for 95% of customers to have more than one desk view. So say you're selling desk views. Once you win the sale, you'd think there's very little reason to have another interaction with this customer. But that's where you'd be wrong because even in this very transactional sale, even if your customer is never going to purchase from you again, they still have a relationship with your business. They have the ability to write a review talk to their friends and colleagues, post on social media. Not to mention, they're going to interact with the product on a regular basis. But if you're only focused on closing the sale, it's easy to subconsciously project the message that none of that matters. And when you do that, you miss the opportunity to continue a relationship that moves your brand and your business forward. This doesn't even account for the fact that nobody likes to be close. Closing is akin to putting someone in a corner. And just like we learned in Dirty Dancing, nobody puts baby in a corner. None of us want to be put in a corner. Let's face it. When somebody is trying to close you, you can feel the pressure. And it sucks. It feels like you're being pressured, manipulated, bossed around, and like you don't have options. All of us want to feel like we have options. And the reality is your customer always has options. Even if you don't present them all to your customer, they still exist. They have the option of doing nothing, maintaining the status quo. The worst thing about closing and using pressure to do so is that even if you win the deal, you often do so and then that potential client or that new client has doubts. 
doubts that are going to make them a difficult client to work with, doubts that are going to increase the likelihood that they'll be unsatisfied with what you've sold them, doubts that will leave a crappy taste in their mouth about your interaction and your company. None of this serves you in the long term. I mean, think about it. Have you ever loved it when someone tried to close you? People don't like to be shut down, pushed around, or pressured. And that is what closing evokes. They're saying, do this. It's me getting something from you. This is one of the reasons why people hate sales, because they think this is what it's about. Quality, rewarding sales conversations are fundamentally the opposite of this. Great sales conversations are about creating openings. From the initial conversation to the purchasing decision to what happens after the sale. The most important part of the sales process is what happens after the sale. And if you want to learn more about that, go back and listen to our previous episode where we talk about the importance of post-sales and how to nurture that in your culture. But post-sales is when customers move from your customers and clients to raving fans. It's when they become a de facto sales agent who acts on behalf of your company, telling others how awesome you are. But how do you win customers then? If you're not going to close, if closing is about pressure, if it's about manipulation, if it's about making people feel like they have a decision, how do you get people to make a decision but not close? How do you win those deals instead? So first... Stop thinking about closing. Just take that off the table and instead start thinking about opening, asking, inviting, proposing. It's a very different mindset. You still want to provide your prospects with a clear path forward, but you want to let them decide if it's the path that they want to take. Of course, you're going to guide them and help them decide that it's the path they want to take, but you want to do so in a way that gives them agency and choice and makes them feel empowered in the process. Think of it like this. Sales is a little bit like a highway, right? But there's more detours, lots of times more scenery. And your job in sales is to get your potential clients both on the highway and then help them get to their desired destination. So you're basically working as an air traffic controller agent, which doesn't really make sense with this highway analogy, but you get what I'm saying. So maybe a highway traffic control agency. The goal is to get your clients to the destination that they want to go, to help them see the destination, to help them provide a roadmap, and help make that trip smooth, easy, and enjoyable. Once the client is on the highway, maybe they saw an ad, maybe they got a call from someone in your office, maybe you called them, maybe they went to Google, maybe they got a referral, but they're on the highway. They're on the way heading to the destination. They've decided this is where they want to go and this is the highway they're going to take. In order to help them get where they want to go, you need to lead them with step-by-step instructions. So think of you as being the GPS voice. One way to do this, but wait with way more interaction. So you're the GPS voice, way more interaction. One way to do this effectively is to clearly articulate what happens next after every stop so that they know what's going to happen next. So to translate this to sales, right, because that's what we're talking about, not driving. Uh, we're just using this analogy here, is After every conversation, you want to give them an option to either continue down the highway or get off or take a break at a rest stop, right? So instead of thinking about closing, sales becomes hyper-focused on inviting your prospects to the next steps, not the final one. That's the difference. You slow down the process and give them agency and choice at every single step. One question that can help you do this is, what is the smallest next step that they can take from this conversation to keep moving forward? Is it that they participate in a demo? Is it that they sign up for a class? Is it that they get to know, go to coffee? 
Is it that we go to coffee and get to know each other? Is it to agree on pricing and terms? Is it to sign contracts? Or is it simply to get the name of the person that you need to be talking to, the decision maker? There are so many steps when you really break the process down. But when you focus on closing, it's easy to hurry the process and miss getting buy-in along the way before you get to the purchase and commitment phase. This is oftentimes why deals that seem like they're a sure thing fizzle out or become hard in the negotiation phase. Say you're a real estate agent and you meet someone who's going to buy a house in the next six months, but they're not currently in the market. Maybe the next step is to simply offer to meet them for coffee to review some trends in the local market and some ways to simplify the process when they get there. Here's an example of what this might sound like. Super exciting that you're starting to think about buying a home. I'd love to take you out to coffee and learn more about your goals and share some resources on our local market and steps that you can start taking now to make the process easier. Does that sound like that would be helpful? Notice that last sentence. From a tactical standpoint, it's often referred to as a trial close or a temperature check, but more authentically, it's about giving people a clear path of what's next and an opportunity to say yes or no. I like to call them on-ramps and off-ramps, back to our highway analogy. Another key thing that will help you, you move from closing is to think about it instead as inviting. Utilize the phrase, here's what I propose, and then propose the next step. Will that work for you? Or does that work for you? Or how does that sound? Or how does that sound? I really do feel like that sentence, here's what I propose, is a really powerful inviting statement because essentially you're saying, here's my idea. What do you think? And it opens up the opportunity that your potential client might have some other ideas and you're open to listening to them because this is just a proposal. It's just a suggested path forward that can be adjusted and altered but it still provides leadership and a clear direction without pressure or backing your clients into a corner. Here's another example of how this might work. I love getting facials, at least I did before COVID. I haven't had one for quite a while. And I love to buy things. It's kind of a problem that I have. But even for someone who's a bona fide shopping addict, actually buying something can sometimes feel harder than it should. There have been countless times when I'm laying on a massage table, draped in a cozy blanket, steam covering my face, and I fall in love with the orangey smell of a product the esthetician just massaged into my face. I find myself laying there thinking, I want to use this every day. What is this product? I wonder how much it costs. But then doubt seeps in. I don't know if it's an appropriate product to use every day. I don't know if it's something that's for sale in the studio. I don't even know if it's something that they sell. So I just lay there thinking, this is nice. I'd like to have this. But asking about it in that moment feels vulnerable. So I don't mention it. And then I go home without it, which is good for my bank account, but not necessarily great for the massage studio or facial studio. So now imagine instead the esthetician. She's putting on this amazing orange scented lotion on my face. She's telling me how wonderful this is going to be for my skin. It's hydrating and nourishing and it's going to make me look five years younger. So now I want it even more. But none of that information helps me understand how I get to bring it home with me. But let's say that she says to me at the very end of my facial, here's all the products I use on your face today. Was there one that you really liked that you'd like to learn more about? Now she's given me an opening to talk about the product I love or to say, I'm not sure, or not really, right? She's giving me an on-ramp and an off-ramp. It's a simple question. Then maybe she says, do you wanna know about a few of the products I use today that I'd recommend for you and why? Simple question again, on-ramp, off-ramp, no pressure. I can easily say, not today, I'm in a hurry, 
I'm good on skincare, which is great for me and great for her. She doesn't waste her time, but I still had the opportunity to learn if I wanted to. If I do say yes, I do want to know. Now she has my permission to tell me more. I'm engaged in the process. I've said, yes, I want to be a part of this conversation. So now she can tell me all about the products and make a proposal. Say she says, ideally, you use all three daily. And if you want to buy all three, it's going to cost this. Is that something you want to do today? I don't know. I probably only want to start with one. Okay, if you don't want to invest in all three today, totally get it. It can be expensive, both in terms of cost and time to use it every day. So if I was just going to buy one, this is the one that I'd recommend for you. Do you want me to go ahead and add that to your total? It's a series of questions with the intent of discovering what the potential client's interests and needs are while helping them move closer to the outcome, if desired and appropriate. The goal isn't to convince them, or me in this facial example, to do anything. The goal is to make it easy for me to get it if I want it, and that is in service to me. When you're doing this well, when you're focused on opening and inviting and proposing Your client is going to go through a series of making small decisions, yes, no, along the way. So when they get to the big decision about whether or not to buy, whether or not to work with you, it feels natural and easy. It doesn't feel like this big, heavy decision that you have to pressure them to make. And that is how good sales is done without closing. So the next time you're talking to a customer, don't close them. Open a relationship Ask them to make small decisions along the way where they have easy on-ramps to say yes or off-ramps to say no without pressure, but where they feel engaged and have agency and it's clear what the next step is. This makes it easy for them to buy and provides a clear path on how they do so. Join us next week where we host guest John Patterson, the co-owner of JPI Insurance Solutions, who brings 18 years of sales experience to his team of 20 professionals. He's going to share his insight and wisdom into how he's led his team to success, including the habits that have helped him succeed in both sales and leadership. In the meantime, if you like this episode, make sure to give it a five-star review and subscribe to Sales Fiction so you can get fresh episodes downloaded as soon as they are available.